Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Oh! 
Has the Lord done anything for anybody in this room? Let's praise Him. Let's tell Him about it. Amen? Going back to the beginning of that song, if there's one thing I hate, it's a thief. I can't stand a thief. But thanks for full, thank God for the blood that we're able to bind that thief. We're able to crush the head of that thief. Amen? David had to deal with the enemy a lot. David was on the run from the enemy a lot. And I like what he wrote in Psalms 34. It says, I will, even though he was on the run, even though he had to hide sometimes, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make it boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And then he goes on in verse 8 to say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Is he good, church? Is the Lord been good? As we're here on December 31st, what has the Lord done this year? We're going to look at what the Lord's done this year. We're going to have baptism in a little bit. Maybe you didn't bring a pack of clothes. That don't matter. If you know the Lord is your Savior and you've not been baptized, I invite you into these waters this morning. You know, baptism, there's two sides of that camp. There's the hyper-baptism camp that think, oh, it, that, that, that water saves you. And there's some churches and there's some people that think baptism ain't important. But baptism identifies us with Christ. Jesus was baptized. Jesus was righteous. He didn't need to be saved. But he got baptized. And in Matthew 28, it says for us to teach, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. It's an, it's an obedient call to the Lord. So if you've not been baptized, I invite you this morning. Get in that water. For ushers would come. A few things real quick. There is no church this evening. Spend time with your family how you will. Go to keep the Lord in your mind this evening, though. For we're bringing in a new year tonight. There is Celebrate Recovery tomorrow. That's at 6.30 or 5.30. Uh, prayer Tuesday. Um, Wednesday. Uh, we do have church at 6.30. And next Sunday, Pastor Stacy, remember next Sunday we'll be here for Super Sunday. Amen. Brother Larry, you care to open us up in prayer this morning?
Trust. 
come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, oh come to questions for tomorrow there have been times I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave a lesser consolation that my trials come only to make me strong through it all had a 
never know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in my God could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. God for the mountains. I even thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms that He's brought me through. If I never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in my God could do. Hallelujah! So now I can see through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. I can see through it all. Thank you, Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon His word. For the storms that he's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in my God could do. But now I can sing with confidence. And I've learned to trust in God Through it all, through it all I've learned to depend upon His Word Come on, can you sing that with us? Through it all, through it all Come on, lift your voice you to be seated yet. We're going to go back into that song, but as we gather this morning, New Year's Eve, the last day of 2023, 
Many of us, we've already looked back and reflected on the, the moments of this past year and, and through it all. <laughs> December the 31st, 2023, we're still standing. Many of you, this has been a tough year. Doctors' reports, financial reports, family reports. Some of you are looking into 2024 with a little bit of reservation because of those reports. But I thank Him for the mountain, I thank Him for the valley. And I want us just for a moment, as we remain standing, I want us to give thanks for the blessings. I want us to acknowledge the, the challenges of 2023. But more than anything, I want us today <laughs> to surrender our hopes, surrender our dreams for this coming year into the one <laughs> whose hands holds our past chipper he holds our present and he holds our future I stand here this morning with a heart full of gratitude as I look out and I see I see answered to prayers I see prayer requests just waiting to be answered <laughs> but I want us this morning as she goes in and they go in to sing this second verse again I want our praises to rise I want it to be what the Bible says, that incense to heaven, as we, we thank the Lord for His faithfulness, for His mercy, for that unwavering love that He has given us in 2023 that's going to continue into 2024. So let us worship the God that we are anchored in for every season of our life. And I want the words of Psalm 96 to to guide our hearts this morning as we, we, we raise our hands. He said, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. So this morning, let's declare the glory of the Lord. Let's proclaim His marvelous works. And as we stand on the eve of a new year, may the songs of praise resonate with faith, an expectation of what God is going to do in this church and in us as individuals in 2024. Can we sing that song one more time? So I thank God for the mountains and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. If I never had Problem. I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in my God could do. Do it all. Do it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I've learned to trust in God. 
excited about today I will say this we ended well we had the month of November and December we had close to 10 or 12 uh, decisions for Christ and today we're going to do baptism and I know I, I know five and if there's more that's fine with the more the merrier uh, but I want to thank Ellis. Ellis came in here yesterday and brought the, the tank in, and he's uh, multi-trips to this baptistry with water and just excited about today. But I want to just kind of carry out the words that Adam was saying before. You know, uh, we, ha we do have those that place a high priority on baptism, and I think there should be a high priority on baptism. The Bible is... It is again, I think it's clear that we should be baptized. Um, but one thing I will say, you know, there are a lot of times that the, the churches that we are in, the, the, the family that we are raised in, I think many times we are encouraged to do baptism at an early age and a young age, and it, because our parents or our church kind of uh, uh, brought that on us and I think a lot of times we don't really even understand the importance of what we are doing uh, myself I was baptized in, in uh, the swimming pool at Camp Virgil Tate uh, at youth camp one year and I had no idea what I was doing I was just getting in a swimming pool okay, everybody was doing it and I did it and I had no idea but then later in life when I really got serious with the Lord and I dedicated myself to him and I realized that, man, there was moments from that swimming pool till now that I went out into this world and I openly committed sin. I was, I was a heathen. And I realized that I need to have my conscience clear. I need to make sure that the world knows that I am buried with Christ and I am raised up a new creation. So to those that struggle with that, listen, if you feel like you need to be baptized this morning, don't let anybody talk you out of that. You get in this tank, and we are going to baptize you. And I promise you this, people may say stuff about you, but you're going to feel better. So uh, there's five right now. If we do 20 by the end of the day, I'll be happy. But if you, uh, I'll be happy with five, but 20 will make my day. But uh, if you want to be baptized as soon as service is over, actually, it's not going to be over. We're just going to incorporate it in our, our worship. 
But uh, as I call up the praise team this morning, uh, at the altar service, as the praise team's coming, if you are going to be baptized, if you need to go change, you can do that at that time. Or if you're going to be baptized with what you have on, just get ready. We're getting ready to go into baptism when this praise team comes to the stage. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to Psalm 121. Thank you, praise team. The praise team is a little thin this morning, as you can tell. They, uh, we got many people sick and fighting flus and bugs and everything else, but they did a phenomenal job. Joe, it's good to see you up there in that balcony. You all probably want to stay away from him. He's hiding out today. He's getting over bronchitis, RSV, and all that good stuff. He messaged me this morning. I said, go hide in the balcony. So, uh, but it's good to see you up there and good to see all of you uh, with us as well. Very excited this morning. Psalm 121, verse 7 and 8. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, peace within thee. Adam, would you pray over the reading of the word this morning? Amen. Hug somebody's neck, shake their hand, and let them know that you're glad they're here. Huh? Well, my bad. Hey, I'm going to read that again because I was reading that and it did not sound right. Hey, we're going to read Psalm 121. I'm glad Adam prayed over the word because we're going to get it right. Because I read that and I thought, that don't even sound right. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. That sounds better? All right. So, as we, yeah, thank you, because that really, I, I read that and I thought, that don't even sound like, how does that even remotely go with what I read earlier? But as we say bye to, to 2023, again, we kind of take today and we kind of reflect on the road that we've traveled to get to where we are today. Um, for many of us, uh, 2023 has had both moments of joy, it's had moments of challenges, but here we are today, and we've been sustained through the loving grace of God, and I love the fact that His grace is still sufficient. You know, I look in, uh, across this congregation, and I see people who have battled illness this year. I've seen people who have battled uh, uh, physical and emotional uh, uh, illnesses. I see people who have uh, struggled with finances. They've had problems in their families. But I, 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 again, His grace is sufficient and he has brought us to now. So uh, our, our successes, our failures, our joys, our sorrows, 
All that stuff, all it does is contributes to the next chapter of our life, which is 2024. Um, it brings... I like the new year because the new year kind of gives us hope that things are going to get better. It's like, man, it's a, it's a restart. Every year you get 365 days to mess it up, but man, we tomorrow we get to start new. Uh, for many of us, we have New Year's resolutions that will probably, just to bust your bubble, will be gone by January 14th. Uh just, just, I just want to give you all some encouragement this morning. Uh, all those uh, things that we say we're going to do, the majority of us will, will be stopped and done by January the 14th. Some of y'all looking at me like, man, he's encouraging. Uh, just telling you what statistics will tell us. But, um, you know, I think more than anything, when you go into a new year, it, it kind of gives you a moment to realign your heart with the purposes and the plans that God has for you. I think it's a moment that we get to just kind of sit back and say, God, this is my failures. This is my successes of this past year. Where do you want me to be at as we go forward in this next year? It's a moment for us to do those things. And looking at 2024, uh, one thing I can tell you that there's a lot of things that are uncertain. Uh, we are going, our country, this is a, a very important year uh, for the, it's, Probably one of the ugliest times uh, of the uh, uh, of our years, but uh, this is an important time uh, as far as politics goes. It's an important time, I believe, uh, as we are drawing closer to the the coming of the Lord. I believe it's a time for us as a church to realign our hearts with God's heart and begin to really get down to the nitty gritty and realize that we're on the cusp of the coming of Jesus Christ. We're, we're celebrating a new year, but you all realize we could be celebrating a new place soon I, 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 and I say that with all sincerity I say that with all urgency the if if you watch Israel right now the world is shaping up to be a dangerous place there are some things taking place and and, and as a church as individuals we need to be ready for that and I you know um, I, I think of the uncertainties but I also know that we have the assurance of God's promises and the psalmist told us to watch over our lives. He said to look back and see that the Lord has watched over us. He's taken care of us. He's concerned about our past. He's concerned about our present. And he still has our future in his hands. So uh, I don't fear the future because I know who owns the future. I, I can't sit here and say that I'm not worried and not scared and uh, as far as things that are going to unfold. But I don't fear the outcome because... I've read the last page. I, I know we win, and I don't know how that win looks. I don't know how it acts, but I know we win. And so as we move forward, uh, let's, let's have ourselves anchored in the promises of God. Let's have ourselves anchored in the principles of God. Because Christians, we have to realign ourselves. And I use that word a lot this morning because I think it's so true. We are creatures that want to live in the past. And Christians are not past-oriented. We are future-oriented. We are pressing forward. We are moving forward. We're not living in the past. God is always, always, always standing in the future. He is always calling us forward in hope. And he's never telling us to regret the past. 
And I think we struggle with that. Uh, one of my favorite golfers in years past was a man by the name of Tom Lehman. Some of y'all may remember him. Um, he was a Christian, and he never was really um, one of those vocal Christians uh, as far as on the golf course. You didn't hear him, you know, openly saying, talking about Jesus all the time or his faith. But if you would ask him, he would share the gospel with you. But he never hijacked conversations just to, to talk about Jesus. But he was doing an in-home interview one time, and they were interviewing him. And as the conversation went on, he said this. He said, everyone needs three things to live well. Something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. Church, every single one of us need to get out of the bed if it's even just to let the dog out. But we've got to look forward to something. And we've got to stop being creatures that dread the morning, that dread getting out of the bed, that our, our jobs, our vocations, they fill up much of our time, and, and that's all right. But look, we've got to look forward to something. Some of you all, you're retired. Some of you, we get leisure time, opportunities. Make those, take those opportunities. Have fun. Uh, do things with your family. But we've got to get to the place that we look forward to doing something. Not just regretting all the time. We are a society that that's what we like to do, Lisa. We like to sit and regret. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. It's gone. There's nothing. What got you out of bed this morning? What got you out of bed this morning? What was on your mind? What was on your heart? What got you moving? Everyone needs someone to love, Layman said. Notice the advice he gives is not about giving and just receiving love. He said everybody needs to be loved by someone. And that's not always in our control. I can't make Rob love me. I can't make Happy love me. But I can choose to love them. <laughs> that is hard. I choose to love others, even if it's the dog that needs let out every morning. I choose to love. The capacity to love somebody, it's essential to what it means to be a human being. Even more than the ability to receive love, I mean, to give love is something that it's hard to do sometimes. Some of y'all are hard to love. Danny ain't here for me to pick on this morning. If he's listening, you're hard to love. But I want to focus on what Tom Lehman said. Everyone needs something to look forward to. I read one time in a leadership book, and I can't remember who said it or who wrote it, but they said, make sure there is something on your calendar every month that you look forward to doing. Whether it's a special event or an outing, a family event, a concert, a trip, an evening out with friends. But uh, whatever it is, put something on your calendar every single month that you look forward to doing. And they said the reason that you do that is it gets you through day by day because you know that event is coming. 
Human beings are, are, we are, we are one of the few creatures that are capable of being future-oriented. Most animals could care less. They're just looking for the next meal. They don't, they're not future-oriented. They're, they're in the moment. They live in this moment. They have, they have no clue what tomorrow is. They're just looking to, like, to, today, the deer, are, they've got it marked. Today's it. If I can survive today, I've got another year to go. I just got to get through this day and one heritage hunt. But if I can get through that, I've got another year. So, but most animals are not, they don't know the future. They don't do those things. We plan for the future. We are, we are, we, we plan for those things. Uh, someone said to travel, hopefully, is better than to arrive. Think about that. To travel, hopefully, is better than to arrive. We've got to hope for a better future. We've got, we've got to have something in us that is pushing us forward, that is moving us to the next day, not something that we're constantly looking back to and saying, I wished I hadn't, or I wished it this, or I, if only. That's the challenge every year at this time is to look forward with hope that this year is going to bring change. It's not always easy. Every year brings challenges every year brings disappointments and i'm telling you those things are going to happen this year there's going to be people that disappoint you there's going to be challenges that come up but there are two great truths about being a christian and living as a christian that helps us face the new year with confidence and hope and as a christian we have no regrets for the past if you're old enough to remember jack handy that did saturday night live he used to do the deep thoughts he said if you drop your car keys into a river of molten lava don't stick your hand to get them back because they're gone church stop sticking your hand back to yesterday it's gone there's nothing you can do about that. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen to me. Past mistakes, they're buried in God's sea of forgetfulness. We struggle with those things. We, you know, and we've heard this time and time again, but people constantly praying and asking God to forgive them of the same thing that they did 20 years ago. God don't even know what you're talking about no more. He forgave you the first time you asked him, but there's another, a nemesis on the other shoulder who is constantly bringing those thoughts to your mind to keep you to getting to your future. We've got to move forward. What a wonderful image. The, the writer of Psalms says, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Man, that's amazing. For flat earth people, that's not that far. That's where my mind went just now, I'm sorry. We, we are people, Janet, that we like to... If I had that to do over again. If I knew 
what I do now, if I, if, if I knew what I know now. Well, here's the reality check. You don't, and you didn't. That's why regret is it's a useless emotion. Regret is a useless emotion. God's promise is that he will use all things to bring about his ultimate purpose in his life. Is that not what he said? Everything that has happened to you in your life has prepared you for what comes next. And here's what's amazing, Larry, and I love it. God will use all of it. And it's the, the most misquoted and most often misunderstood verse in the Bible. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Arvel, all things mean everything. Even our own stupidity. God will take our own stupidity and use it for our good. <laughs> Where do we learn the most? In our failures. When I was the stupid person, eventually I learned that I can't keep being stupid and doing this because it's going to result in this. That's good news, that we learn from all of our failures and from all of our successes. And God uses everything. In God's economy, everything belongs. John's version of feeding the 5,000. There, there's, a, there's a phrase after he does this miracle of multiplication. He, he says something to his disciples, and it's so amazing. And he says, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. The New Living Translation says this, and I love it. It says, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Many of us feel like broken pieces that are thrown into a, 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 a scrap heap of life. And sometimes it's because hurts done by other people. Or it may be the brokenness that comes from our own poor choices, but either way, Jesus says, let nothing be wasted. Pick up the broken pieces. Pick up the broken pieces of your past and stop looking back there because I'm going to take those pieces, those leftovers, and I'm going to make them into something for your future. My God, I'm so thankful that my mistakes did not define me. I'm so thankful that the failures of yesterday did not define where I stand today because I promise you I would not be standing right here. The leftovers. He said, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
man, I've not apprehended all this stuff. I can't comprehend how I could do what the, the, the stuff that I've done. And he still calls me. Man, I, I had some bad moments in life. But gather the leftovers. <laughs> None of it's wasted. I will take all your mistakes, all your failures, all this stuff that you constantly regret and fret and look back, and I'm going to take it. And Paul says he's going to do something that our minds cannot apprehend. <laughs> and turn us this way. And he says, now all that stuff that's behind you, don't, just don't even try to apprehend it. Don't try to comprehend it. I'm just going to take it, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to move you forward. I am so thankful that as a Christian, I am shaped by my future, not my past. Somebody tried to prove that human behavior was completely controlled by environmental and external factors. And they came up with the, the solution, Robbie, that no human being is making real choices about their behavior. They're just responding to what they're conditioned to. Basically, like dogs. Our behavior is controlled by rewards and punishments. I'm a follower of Christ, and I'm not a dog. <laughs> and his word says, I've experienced new creation. I'm a, I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I'm not shaped by what I used to be now. I'm shaped in by what he's moving me toward. Who I am right now. Is shaped by my future, not my past. First John says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. He says, beloved, now we are the sons of God and doth not yet appear what we shall be. I have no clue what I'm going to be. But I know I'm a son of God. And I know that when he appears, we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. What that looks like, I don't know. But I got to stop looking back there to get to there. Paul said in Romans 8, 24, 25, for we are saved by hope. Listen to this. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope? But if we hope for, what, for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Hope for the future is what transforms us right now. It's what I'm looking forward to that turns me into the person that I should be in Christ. Not what I used to be. 
I'm going to read a couple illustrations, and this praise team is going to come, and we're going to do baptism. But I think about sports, and I think about becoming who you want to be. And I was thinking about this today. I think about basketball. Isaiah plays, and it's just kind of what came to my mind. But I think about the kids that are shooting baskets all summer long. Why do they do that? It's not because some dad or some coach is popping cookies in their mouth every time they make a basket. It's because in June and July and August, that kid, that athlete is out there and they're thinking of November. They're thinking of who they're going to be in November in June. They're preparing in June and July and August for something that's going to take place in November. So when November comes and tryouts take place, they're prepared. They're ready. Unlike the person who waited until November to pick up the ball. I tell my kids in baseball all the time, if you pick up your glove in March, you've waited too long. If you ain't through a baseball since May, you've waited too long. Church, why are we waiting till the moment happens and we're in the middle of a mess to try to prepare? January, February, March, I should be preparing myself spiritually, Jack, for what may happen in June and July and August. I have no idea what comes. But I do know that if I'm not prepared for June, July, and August, it may take me out. Victor Frankl, many of you all know him. He was in the concentration camp in Germany. And he said this, in the concentration camp, I noticed that the ones who survived were the ones that had something significant to look forward to. The ones who survived were the ones who wanted to see their grandson again. The one who survived was the one that hadn't wrote their book yet. The ones that survived, it didn't matter what the future goal was. As long as they had something to look forward to, they survived. If you have no hope in your future, you will not survive the present. You will die spiritually. Eugene Lang, I've never heard of this guy. He was a successful businessman in New York City. And he grew up in the, the streets of Harlem. And it said in 1991, he wanted to give something back. So he went back to the elementary school that he was brought up in. And he was to give a speech to the sixth grade class that was getting ready to go into junior high. And he was getting ready to tell them if they worked hard and succeeded that they would go far in life. And then one of the school administrators looked at him and told him, three-fourths of these kids will drop out of school before high school. So in, a, in that moment, he, he changes his speech. And he tells them right there, spot on, that he's going to offer a full college scholarship to any student who graduates high school. 
The whole sixth grade class, any student who finishes high school, I will give you, I will pay for your college. What did he just do? He gave them a hope for their future. There was something to gain. He offered them, he said, not only am I going to give you a, a scholarship, he said, but I'm going to offer you tutoring. I'm going to pay for local community-based organizations to provide computers and support for you to get your college or your high school degree or diploma. The results, 61 of those students, of 61 of those students, 54 graduated high school and 60% of those finished their college degree. Without a vision, the people perish. Without hope of a future, it, it, it destroys our, our present behavior. I say that, and I look at our kids in our schools now. They have no hope for a future, and they could care less about their now. I look at a lot of our adults. They see themselves as having no future. And they could care less about their now. You say, how can you say that? Because, go look on the street. They got needle tracks in their arms. They're sipping on suds. They're taking substances because they see no hope for their future. Now. We have to look forward, church. The praise team would come. Church. If we stop thinking about tomorrow, you'll die. The best is yet to come. Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. My plans never seem to work out. It don't matter. Just, just the plans themselves have the power to shape you. I think about Sawyer and Wyatt, Reagan. I could set them down right now and I could ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answer doesn't matter because from now until graduation day that's probably going to change a hundred times you ask a kid at five years old what are you going to be I'm going to be a garbage man you ask them again next year I'm going to be a fireman to eventually they're at some law school or medical school, and they're a doctor, a PA, an MP, a nurse. They've went from a garbage man to a doctor. The important thing is, is they keep thinking about their future. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 11, our heroes of faith. They all died in faith, 
not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had an opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Church, we live our lives with confidence. We face our future with hope. We have to stop living our lives with regrets of our past. We can't change them. Their car keys in lava. They're gone. Paul said God works in all things to bring about good purposes for our lives. It's God's economy. Everything's His. So my encouragement to you, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Because that's where God is waiting for us to join Him. And He's got a bright future for us, church. Let's pray this morning. God, as we stand on the threshold this morning of a, a new year, God, as we go into 2024, we commit our ways to you. Guide us, protect us, fill our hearts with love, and may 2024 be a year, a testament to your faithfulness where we find purpose and fulfillment walking according to your will. God, I look and I survey this room and leaving 2023 and walking into 2024, there are still doctor's reports that have to be answered. There's family issues that still need resolved. There's financial support that still needs to happen. God, there's struggles and in, in, in habits that still need to take place. But I'm confident in the one who holds our tomorrow. And I still believe the report of the Lord. I still believe that you're faithful. And I still believe that your grace sustains us in all needs and aspects of our life. So as we leave one year and step into a new, God, our hope is firmly, firmly in you. As a church, we are seeking higher heights. As individuals, we are 
seeking a, a, a deeper relationship this year. Because everyone in this room knows that the sky's the limit when you're in it. And that's where we want you this year. You, we want you in everything that we do. God, help us to get our egos out of our way, our desires out of the way, because the only thing that matters is your plans, your desires. God, that's our prayer as we step into a new year. If everyone would stand, you're here this morning, and you're lost and you don't know Jesus, what better way to close out a year and start a new year in a new relationship with the one that loves you, the one who sent his son to die for you. If you're here this morning and that's you and you're lost, we want you to come to this altar. The baptistry is ready. You can be a one-stop shop this morning, saved and baptized and, and ready to go to heaven right here, right now. If you're here this morning and you need special prayer, we're here to pray with you if you want to come to this altar. But we're going to take a moment and we're going to look and reflect through it all. 2023, we're still standing. And God, you've got a future and a hope for us in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, if you're lost, and you want a relationship with Christ, would you come? If you need special prayer this morning, would you come? I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times Ladies would I come. Pray with these. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Just 
those of you that just participated you just took a next step 
and that relationship that you already have with Christ and you made a public announcement that you were down the old and up with the new Ellis, thank you so much. He's made probably 752 trips, maybe 753 with buckets of water. I promise you the next time we will have a, a, a I promise you Ellis will have a better, if I don't, Ellis will. But, uh, but we want to thank you, Ellis, for coming over and filling this thing up. And But last week we partake partook in communion and today baptism and as we kind of conclude this year and this time of worship my prayer is that the Lord will bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you and be gracious peace that surpasses all understanding and I want to ask if we can, if you would just grab the hand of someone there near you and we join hands in a symbol of unity in this place. Church, we're getting ready to face a, a new year together. And I want us to experience a, an overflow of fellowship this year with, with our church. And my prayer is, is that the light of Christ will shine brightly on us and through us so that we can experience more of this. I want to see others drawn to Jesus in 2024. Paul said, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So as we leave this place, may your peace guard us and guide us May the, the word that was shared in this place this morning be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path for 2024 as we look forward to what you have for us and we no longer look back. 2023 is gone and 2024, all things new. God, we thank you. I thank you for this church and I thank you for these people and I thank you for commitments that were made in this place today and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.